Good morning and welcome to our service this morning with your with us here in person or online. Uh, I uh, I went to a Bible school back in uh, on the sunny slopes of long ago, back in about 1975 or 76, and. Uh, the place was called Trinity Bible Institute, and uh, so I, I got a two-year, what was called a Bible ministerial diploma, and uh, the school at that time was, uh, you could go for three years and you could get a uh, Associate of Arts degree, and it was pretty much just a, a preacher's school, it was Assemblies of God uh, outfit, but... Uh, and so, as a result of being there over the course of uh, the years, I have uh, done many uh, weddings and funerals, the occasional uh, sermon. And, uh, and so this morning is another one of those uh, instances. My, uh, normally, in a, in a different life, I was uh, environmental compliance person, and so I would give slide presentations, and uh, I had the clicker myself. I would do the, but uh, my wife is back there this morning, and she told me, don't look at the screen, you can look at the people, and don't keep looking over there like you should, would like to advance the slide, so I'll, I'll try not to do that, but I know I'm going to look at the screen some anyway. Uh, I'd like to start out this morning with a couple of uh, questions, really, that um, important uh, things, and uh, sort of ask, you know, who am I? Who does God uh, think I am? Um, uh, some people, seems like they go along in life and they just uh, sort of bump along in life, uh, no self-examination, just sort of undirected uh, life. And they don't really, they let life happen to them. Um, there's that old uh, song there that says, I'm just an old chunk of coal, but I'm going to be a diamond someday. I'm going to grow and glow till I'm so blue, pure, perfect. I'll put a smile on everybody's face. Uh, and then it also says, I'm going to be a cotton-picking rage of the age. I'll be a diamond someday. You all remember that. Uh, and so that guy at least has got some aspirations. He's not just bumping along. He's got, uh, he wants to go somewhere. A lot of people go along through life with uh, what's called a mirror image. And what it is, is you... Let others determine for you who you are. Uh, we see how people react to us, and we perceive how they act with us, and we say, I must be that way. And so we, let, we actually let other people determine who we are and what we're about. Um, there was a guy... Uh, named 
Socrates, who's Plato's student back four or five hundred years before Christ, he was on trial for impiety and for teaching the young people to be rebellious. And uh, at his trial for this, the, he came out with this thing, and it's sort of been around for a long time now. And that's the idea that the unexamined life is not worth living. And so then they made him uh, drink a cup of poison, and it killed him. But uh, the question uh, remains. So we might see ourselves in one of these manners like this, but the question is, um, how does God see us? Um, we are told how to view ourselves, how to live, how to walk, uh, what to do. And God sees us as a new creation, somebody that is made for uh, good works, and we have a life that really matters. And uh, it's not undirected and uh, wandering. It's a life that is supposed to be infilled with the Spirit of God and directed um, by God. Um, so, the name of this, I've called it Sit, Walk, Stand. There's some commands for us as uh, believers. Um, there's a guy named Watchman Nee. He was a Christian leader over in China who is an evangelist and a church starter for like 30 years. And then uh, the communists came to power. And so this guy spent the last 20 years of his life in prison. And uh, uh, he wrote a book called The Normal Christian Life and several others. And I, when I first got saved, um, I happened to get a hold of this book. And of course, when you first get saved, you're like, what do I do now? You know, how do I live? How am I going to uh, please God? And this guy brought out the facts that uh, God does the work in us. The Holy Spirit indwells us and he helps us to live and he makes us to live and he's at work in us to will and to do his good pleasure. And so at that point I learned I'm not in this myself. This is not about me working really hard to please God. It's about God in my life and God changing and directing my life and making it uh, what he wants it to be. Um, and uh, so there are three parts to this. Kind of an overview of the book of Ephesians. Uh, sort of, and it's like, sit, walk, stand. You have to know where you're seated in order to walk properly, and then you can stand. So, the Bible tells us um, where we're seated. It says in Ephesians 2, 6, that you and I are seated in the heavenly places uh, with Christ. He raised us from the dead, along with Christ, 
and seated us in him in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ. You and I are bound up, wound up, tied uh, together. You and I are, you know, quotation marks, in Christ. And that is uh, the fact of the Christian existence, that we are no longer dead, uh, that we've come alive, we've crossed over from death into life, and then new creation exists. And uh, Christ is united with us, and he uh, fills our life. Uh, the next slide here tells us, uh, Paul says, I, I pray you understand the incredible greatness of God's power uh, for us who believe in him. It's the power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him in the place of honor at Christ's right hand in the heavenly realms. We can read through stuff and not really read it sometimes. You and I need to understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe. There's, uh, it's the same power that raised Christ from the dead. It's the same power that the Holy Spirit uses to indwell our lives and to move us uh, along in the Christian life. He's above all rulers and authority or power or leader or anything else. Uh, God has put all things under the authority of Christ and made him head over all things for the benefit of the church. The church is his body. It's made full and complete by Christ who fills all things everywhere with himself. You and I are in Christ. In a sense, we're seated in those heavenly places with Christ. Incredible power that has done that and made our lives uh, new. Um, Ephesians 1.3 says we have every blessing in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ. Do we see ourselves seated with him in those heavenly places? We need to understand who we are in the spiritual realm. You know, I'm a child of the king. Uh, I'm a child of his love. Now, Psalms 1 uh, if we go there, you'll, we begin to see this idea that we're, that we, not only are we seated in Christ, but uh, there's a way that we are supposed to walk as Christians. Blessed, happy, or joyful is the man who uh, doesn't walk in the counsel of the ungodly. I, I looked at, at the kitchen table last night, of course, thinking about with the sermon in mind, and it had a book there that said, Joy Delivered. And I thought, oh, what's, you know, what's that? Joy Delivered. That, I opened it up, and it was an Amazon catalog. It had stuff in there for Legos and all the various things. And I thought, that's not a very good uh, 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 indication of Joy Delivered, is it? But but uh, interesting, the Christmas stuff already, right? Um, but blessed is that man, happy, who doesn't walk in the counsel of the ungodly. The uh, ungodly will give you bad advice. 
They'll tell you things like, uh, go for the gusto, or you only go around uh, once in life. And then there's that famous one of, he who dies with the most toys wins. And that's the kind of stuff the world will tell us. And if we walk along with the ungodly and listen to their advice, that's the kind of advice we're going to get. And it's bad advice. It's not good advice. First you walk, and then pretty soon you stand in, in the way with uh, sinners. And if you stand there long enough, uh, you kind of begin maybe to enjoy their company. And finally it says, you can sit down in the seat of the scornful. So it's a long ways from the high calling of God and seated in heavenly places to end up sitting in the seat with the, with the scornful. Um, a long way and a long uh, place apart from where we Christ is. Now, if you go to Psalms, oh, let me just stop here. There's a another way of looking at that. The happy man is the one who delights in the law of God. He meditates on it day and night. And it says that those people are those who are like trees planted along the riverbank. They bear fruit each season. Uh, they never wither, and whatever they do will prosper. And so you have this uh, other place where you can be anchored, and you're not uh, moved away uh, and uh, there's a um, so old song that some of you will remember, and it's it's an old Bob Dylan song. It's called "Strap Yourself to a Tree with Roots," because you ain't going nowhere. And uh, that's what we need uh, to be anchored uh, in Christ, anchored in the life that He wants to. Uh, pour into us where you walk and where you sit it matters um, Psalms 91 talks about people who have chosen to live in the shelter of the Almighty those who live in the shelter of the Almighty will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. This declares the Lord, He alone is my refuge, my place of safety. He's my God, and I will trust Him. He'll shelter you with His wings, His faithful promises. They're your armor and your protection. And so, a thousand can fall, but yet, evil won't touch you if you're anchored in the right place and if you're living uh, in the shelter of the Almighty. So we make choices, you know. We can either be seated with Christ or we can sit over there with the uh, scornful. Um, another of my uh, Bob Dylan songs he uh, 
waited back from his Christian period of life, and I, he never did really repudiate his Christianity, but he said, you got to serve somebody. You know, it, it might be the devil, it might be the Lord, but you got to serve somebody. And there's no neutral territory on this journey that we're in. We're in a uh, spiritual battle. Uh, and where we choose to walk and sit as Christians matters. Uh, and it's not done by us pulling ourselves up by our bootstraps. It's done by us yielding our lives to God. And saying, God, you indwell my life and you help me and I'll just, I'll give you my life. That's how it's, uh, that's how it's uh, accomplished. But there is no, no uh, neutral ground. Uh, we sit and then we walk. Uh, slide, next slide, Nancy. Walk, we have to walk in a manner that is worthy of the calling which you have been called. Uh, Phil Hall referenced this last week. You and I have been called, and it, it talks about us being called with the high calling of God. God has given us a calling, there's direction. We're anchored. It's not an aimless thing that we're doing. The high calling of God. So you and I are called to uh, do God's agenda. To go about life uh, the way that he wants. Uh, Ephesians 4, 17, he says, I affirm together with the Lord that you walk no longer like the Gentiles walk. In the futility of their minds, they are hopelessly confused. And don't we see people out there in life that just, uh, they go from one thing to another. They're trying out everything. And uh, this is good for a while, then I drop it, and that's good for a while, and I drop it. And uh, they're just aimlessly uh, wandering, trying to find... Uh, substance or, or meaning out of life, we know where uh, meaning is found and where uh, substance is found. And we're not out there uh, uh, living for pleasure or wanting to practice impurity. And some people, it says their minds are full of darkness and they wander from the life that God gives. The rest of Chapter 4 is about uh, how we walk. You and I have been given the Spirit of God to indwell our lives, and so because of that, because of the Spirit of God, we have the ability to throw off the old man and live by the Spirit uh, moving in us. Uh, the uh, ungodly, they don't care. You know, they, they, they like the old man. Christians, you know that if you're struggling, that God is at work in your life because uh, non-Christians don't care. Uh, Hebrews chapter 12 has more to say about this 
idea of walking. It says, since we're surrounded by such a great crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, and especially the sin that so easily trips us up, and let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and protects our faith. So uh, you and I have that purpose. We have uh, a race that we are set to run, and God has set it before us. In Ephesians 2.10, it says, uh, God has before ordained good works that we should uh, walk in them. So you and I have a plan for our, our life. God has a plan and a purpose. And we have to uh, run with endurance. It's like, uh, like the old athletes in the Roman uh, days, the races, the winner would get this laurel wreath crown. And that's what we're after. And so it talks about how that we are not like those who beat the air and expend all the useless energy, but we, uh, I keep myself like an athlete, spiritual athlete, let's say. But uh, we know how that we are supposed to walk. Ephesians 5.1 says that you and I, that we are to walk in love. Love is the only thing that is going to last at the end. Someday, faith will no longer be needed because we'll be in the presence of God. And hope will not be needed because we'll be in the presence of God. But love will, love will uh, last forever. So you and I, our lives, we are to walk in love. Um, Ephesians uh, 5 15 says uh, that we should be careful how we walk. There is a world out there that doesn't like us too much. God, Bible says, Jesus said, the world's not going to like you. They don't like me. They might not like you uh, too good either. Uh, and so God is the destination and God is the guide of of us as we walk forth as uh, Christians. Um, finally, uh, it says that we are to stand firm with the armor of God. Know where we're seated, heavenly places with Christ. We know how to walk and the way to walk because God, the great shepherd, leads us, leads us uh, Beside the still water, he leads us uh, in the paths of righteousness. Uh, he guides us to where the green grass is. And God knows where uh, we need to be. Even if we are walking through a valley of the shadow of death, and some of us have come across those times in life, and yet God is there uh, to lead and to guide. So, Finally, it says we stand firm in the armor of God. Ephesians 6 talks about that. 
a final word. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all the strategies of the devil. We are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in the dark world, and against evil spirits in heavenly places. You and I are in a battle. We're in a war. And uh, uh, we need to be uh, ready for that battle, and we need to have the proper uh, tools uh, to conduct that. Uh, put on all the armor of God so that you can stand firm. Uh, so this is a, a spiritual battle that you and I are in. Uh, put on every piece of the armor, and after the battle you'll stand firm. Stand your ground and put on the belt of truth, the body armor of God's righteousness, that's the chest piece thing, for shoes put on the peace that comes from the good news so that you'll be fully prepared. Uh, the one thing that Christians ought to have in their lives that the rest of the world doesn't have is peace. We know in our hearts that God lives in us, that he has filled our lives with himself, that there is uh, love and there's grace and so uh, you and I have that peace that passes understanding, the Bible says. There's peace for us, uh, peace like a river, um, peace that fills our lives because we're at peace with God. Um, and so, in addition to that, it says, then you'll be fully prepared. But then it says, in addition to all these things, Hold up the shield of faith where you can quench the fiery arrows of the devil. Devil's our enemy. Uh, a lion. Put on salvation as your helmet. Take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Pray in the Spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all the believers everywhere. And pray for me too and ask God would give me the right words so I can boldly explain God's plan that the good news is for the Jews and the Gentiles alike. So our weapons, truth, righteousness, and peace. Uh, we take a shield of faith and those are defensive weapons. The Roman soldier was... Uh, trained with his uh, sword and had a short sword, but they were trained to uh, defend uh, 16 square feet of ground, and uh, those soldiers conquered the world. Uh, and uh, you and I need to view ourselves as people in a battle. We have an offensive weapon. It's the sword of the Spirit, the Word of God, uh, is our weapon. Uh, we pray all the time, on every occasion. Stay alert. Um, be persistent in your prayers for all the believers everywhere. 
So when we look at all this stuff, we're, we're, sit, we're seated somewhere. We're seated in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. We have a destination, and we're not seated. We're not supposed to be seated over there with the, with the world and with the scornful. We have a high calling, the high calling of God in Christ. And so we're supposed to walk worthy of the calling that we have received. How do we do it? Yield our life to, to God. Not like the Gentiles with their vain, empty minds chasing everything and running after everything. We're in a race with the goal. And God puts it in us and it makes it, you know, we, we want it with our wanter and we want to feel it. We're in a race with the goal and so our life should be focused. And then finally, we uh, stand uh, in all the armor of God so that we can uh, resist the enemy. Um, and then it says, after you have done all of that, uh, you, can, you can stand. If you sit in the right places, if you walk after the Spirit, walk after God, and then uh, take the shield of faith and God's armor. And then it says, after the battle, you'll be still uh, standing firm. And it says to us, stand your ground. You and I are called, uh, we're, called to, we're called to battle. We're called to peace. We're called to battle. Um, there are paths in life that we can take. And Jesus himself said that the road to destruction is broad, uh, and many take that road. The road to life is narrow, and a few people go in the road to life. John 3.16 says that God loves you, and uh, that if you believe, you can have life, real life. And not the fake life that this world promised you. You can have life in your spirit. You can have life that's real life that lasts. Uh, Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 said, By grace you're saved through faith. Uh, and it's a gift of God. The grace and the faith uh, are gifts from God. So that offer of salvation... Uh, is there for everybody. It'll cost you everything. You've got to give up on your own life if you are, want salvation, if you want God. And you have to say, get to the point where you say, God, this is no good. I'll just give you everything and you do it however you, however you want to uh, do it in my life. And then if you're willing to do that, you can gain everything. You can gain true life in the here and now and life forever. So if you're hearing us this morning and you have not made that decision, you can surrender to God and he'll give you everything you need to make your uh, life what it should be. Uh, you could talk to myself or, uh, or Doug, one of the elders, uh, 
after the service if you need to. But you can, you can in the right where you're sitting uh, right now, you can give yourself away uh, to God, and uh, and your life can be different. Um, so uh, we're going to be uh, sing our final song this morning and uh, stand firm. We have a high calling. Uh, let's stand in that calling and walk in it and, uh, and grow together. <laughs>